You're listening to the Brooke Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith. Faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have episode 32, Redeeming the Negative. Truth be told, our life is full of both the good and the bad. Years ago, I stumbled upon this silly poem in an obscure talk by Boyd K. Packer, and it said, Life is full of ups and downs, it has its ifs and buts, and the man who's smiling all the time must be completely nuts. (laughs) I think we can all agree that some things in life are just plain hard. And to take it a step further, some experiences in our life actually turn our life for the negative. Today I want to talk about what to do with those negative turns, and I'm going to use one of my favorite tools called Redeeming the Negative. If you're ready to take those negative turns in your life and redeem them to bring meaning and purpose, then this episode is just for you. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity. It's available on Amazon and filled with 21 tools to help you live life as the best version of yourself. Thank you to all of you who have left a review for this podcast or have taken the time to share it with a friend. As you may know, I am not active on social media. This is a deliberate choice I've made to actually have the creativity and brain space to make this podcast the best that it can be. So the only way this podcast grows is by word of mouth. It's by you. Thank you for taking the time to share this with your friends and support this effort. I love you for it. Today's review of the week comes from 45 Indiana. She says, I found Brooke Snow at a time in my life when I was really searching for a community. I wanted to make some changes in my life and was looking for women who were faithfully progressing with hope. Then I found Brooke. I have listened to all of her episodes and have taken her free Law of Creation course and am currently reading her book. I cannot get enough. Each episode resonates with truth and fills me with hope and courage. Thank you, Brooke, for your perspective, example, and wisdom, and especially for sharing it with me. 45 Indiana, thank you. You sound to me like a seeker of truth which means we are totally kindred spirits. (laughs) I totally understand the need and deep desire to find community with women who are faithfully progressing with hope. I'm so grateful that you feel that here and I am cheering you on in this awesome adventure of not just seeking truth, but applying it and practicing it and living it every day. You can do it, I'm cheering you on. If you wanna be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. Your ratings and reviews and your shares are what makes this podcast possible. So thank you for listening and for sharing. Friends, I love today's topic. And it's a continuation from last week. Last week, we talked about finding your purpose. And I shared my favorite exercise for finding your life purpose. That exercise involved creating a timeline of your whole life from past to present and plotting your major life story turns, both the positive story turns and the negative story turns. You will intuitively know what those are specifically for you. They are the events or people or experiences that happen in your life after which you will never be the same. They shape you in monumental ways. If you haven't had a chance yet to listen to episode 31 on finding your purpose, I encourage you to do that first. This episode is basically part two. (laughs) Most of my podcasts are standalone episodes, and yet these two really do build off of each other. So here we are looking at a timeline of our life 
And we have both positive story turns and negative story turns. Last week, we talked about looking for patterns in those story turns. Is there something that ties them all together? Is there a theme that emerges? This is a powerful way to find your life purpose. Isn't that such a cool exercise? I love this approach for finding a life purpose because it brings so much meaning to all of our life as a whole. But what if you don't see that purpose emerge immediately? Sometimes those negative turns in our life can get in the way of our ability to see the purpose, especially if those negative story turns still hold pain and suffering. Something needs to be done about those negative turns so we can see how it really fits into the big picture of our life. Do you want to know what to do about those negative turns? (laughs) Would you like me to share with you something amazing that I learned? This is a continuation from the exercise that I talked about last week found in Donald Miller's book, Storyline. It is just so good. And if this stuff resonates with you, I recommend working through his whole workbook and I'll link to it in the show notes. Don teaches what to do with those negative turns by turning to the teachings of Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl famously stated that a person can gain a strong sense of meaning in their life. Remember, we're talking about life purpose. They can gain a strong sense of meaning in their life when they find a redemptive perspective toward their suffering. What he means by this is that in every tragedy, we have the ability to find something good. This can be something that we've learned. It could be empathy that we've gained or some greater pain that somebody else has been spared because of our suffering. Now, to really give more context to these words, it's important we understand who Viktor Frankl is and what negative turns he himself experienced in his life. As you may know, Viktor Frankl was a Jewish psychologist who was taken prisoner into the Nazi concentration camps of World War II, along with his wife and his parents. He would later witness all three of their deaths and go on to develop his own theories and practices to psychologically help others to heal from trauma. He tested his theory on more than 30,000 suicidal patients in a hospital system in Vienna And under his watch, not a single patient took their lives. That is amazing. This works, okay? (laughs) Finding a redemptive perspective on our negative life turns is an extremely powerful tool in gaining emotional health. So the practice of redeeming the negative, it doesn't mean that we have to turn a negative into a positive. A negative turn will always be a negative turn. And trying to be an optimist about a tragedy is super annoying. (laughs) That's not the point here. Rather, what we're trying to do here is to see what God can do with our tragedies. What have we learned? What can now be offered to the world because of our pain? How can this hard thing be redeemed? When we partner with God to create something beautiful out of these tragedies that we experience, we move from being a victim to being a victor. I've long admired Elizabeth Smart, a child victim of abuse and kidnapping, 
and how she has redeemed a major negative turn in her life into something that helps others. She's gone on to work as an activist and an advocate for missing persons. The only way she could do something like this is to rise from being a victim and with the help of the Redeemer, redeem the negative story in her life and use it to bring forth good fruits. Both her story, as well as Viktor Frankl's, deal with very heavy tragedy. Perhaps you yourself have found yourself in similar tragedy, or maybe your tragedies have been suffered very differently. I think it's important to not compare our tragedy to someone else's. Though our experience may be different, every single one of us encounters pain and suffering, and it's real to us. Whatever that negative turn may be, it has shaped our life and it's wounded our soul, and we must redeem it in order to move forward. In my free class that I created, it's called Law of Creation, I teach my absolute favorite definition of repentance. It's found in the LDS Bible Dictionary, and it states, Repentance is a change of mind, a fresh view about God, about oneself, and about the world. Isn't that amazing? I love this definition. (laughs) I want to like cross-stitch it on my wall. Repentance brings a new way of seeing something. And when you see something differently, you talk about it different and feel different. You create something fresh and new. Those negative turns in our life are redeemed through repentance. Now, if you've been a victim of something, it's probably going to feel counterintuitive for me to suggest that we use repentance to redeem the negative. But this broader definition helps us to see that repentance is what brings a change of mind, a fresh view. Repentance is a new way to see something. Isn't that so cool? The repentance actually redeems the way we see It redeems the way we see ourselves, others, God, the situations of our life. It not only redeems the pain and suffering, but how we see it. As you move through those negative turns on your timeline, take the time to write down a redeemed perspective. Those clues about your life purpose will become even more clear when you know, looking at these negative turns, what good has actually come from it. And here's my suggestion. Rather than asking why something happened, I think a better question is what? Why is sticky? (laughs) Don't ask why. (laughs) But what is actually a helpful question? What good can come from this? What did I learn? What is the redeemed perspective on this negative turn? Sometimes we have to take the time to redeem those negative turns through an exercise like this. We have to sit down and like face it because it's not going away. We still carry that suffering. We may have to put in a little work to have it be redeemed. And sometimes those negative turns are redeemed in their own timing in miraculous ways. Would you like me to share an example of this firsthand in my own life? (laughs) When I first went on my mission, I left an exciting life in college. I loved my friends. I had cool opportunities. I had a very clear path for my future as a musician. I honestly never wanted to go on a mission because I was so clear on that career path that it felt like a major detour to those professional goals. But God had other plans for me, and I listened to the prompting to serve a mission. Now, the first several months of my mission were 
extremely difficult. I went from being super confident and proficient as a music student to having no idea what I was doing as a missionary. And to make it even harder, I had a companion who I was certain she didn't like me. I felt like a burden to her. <laughs> Here I was as a new missionary who literally had no clue about how to do missionary work in a new city, and my companion was so stressed out all of the time. I was certain that she was stressed because I was basically no help. <laughs> and I made up story after story about what she must be thinking in her mind about how she'd be better off with someone else who wouldn't slow everything down, someone who was better with people and more extroverted and actually knew how to contribute something. Neither one of us communicated well with each other. We, built, we, we basically held all of our thoughts inside, never talking about all these intense feelings we were both feeling because we didn't really have a close connection. But I had to talk to somebody. So I wrote in my journal, and I had entry after entry about how hard this was, about how I didn't know how to be a missionary. I felt like a loser. I wrote about not being able to teach well and how embarrassed I felt to be so new and inexperienced and how I didn't know what to say to people we were teaching. I would cry myself to sleep feeling like I was ruining missionary work in my city. <laughs> and if someone else could replace me, then things would be so much better. Well, happily, things didn't stay this way forever. I went to a new city and I got a new companion a few months later and she was hilarious. She was fun and happy and so, so funny. <laughs> and she made me laugh. She made me laugh for the first time in months and she wasn't stressed. And we were totally open with each other. It was like my life magically transformed. I relaxed enough to be okay with making mistakes and having to learn how to be a good missionary. And I slowly acquired the skills that I lacked and I gained more confidence. And I really started to actually enjoy being a missionary. After I'd been out on a mission for about a year, I was assigned a brand new missionary to train. She was new. She didn't know how to be a missionary and she was struggling just like I had. One week into her mission, she was so freaked out about what she'd gotten herself into, feeling so inadequate that she packed up her suitcases and was determined that she was going to go back home. In trying to talk her into staying, she got really frustrated and she said, but you're so good at everything. I don't know how to do anything. You're so good at speaking to people and teaching and I can't do any of that. I'm just a burden. I'm slowing things down. You have to do everything because I can't contribute anything. This would all be a lot better if you had a better companion. I looked at her and I said, I know exactly how you feel. I felt the same way when I came here. She laughed at me. She said, no, you didn't. <laughs> she didn't believe me. So I left the room and I went and I got my journals from a year before. I opened them up and I just started reading to her entry after entry. I read for nearly an hour. We both cried as I echoed all of the fears and despair 
that she had just expressed. When I finally closed up my journals, we both sat quietly on the floor. And then she bravely said to me, I'm going to stay. If you can go from feeling like a burden who doesn't know anything to being who you are today, then that means I can change too. That moment powerfully redeemed a negative turn in my mission. Didn't mean that my earlier experiences were now suddenly positive. They were still hard, but now it had meaning. And now I could see something amazing that was gained from that difficult time. Now I could see how that experience allowed me to help someone else in a very personal way, to have compassion and empathy and be living proof to someone else that change is possible. That companion went on to serve a full mission and became a powerful and awesome teacher. Sometimes life experiences naturally lead to those redemptive moments. Sometimes it takes extra effort on our part to work and pray with the Lord to help us redeem them into something fruitful. Isn't that amazing how God uses our experiences for good? Satan can never win if we are willing to redeem the negative. Have you seen that happen in your own life? I can promise you that as you practice redeeming the negative, that the clouds part. You will see your path more clearly. You will know your purpose more clearly. You will be freed from those turns keeping you stuck or blind and be able to move forward and see. You don't even have to wait until something is over to work with God in redeeming something negative. Maybe you have a trial right now that is hard. He can give you a new way to see. The new way to see makes the burden lighter. Christ invites us to him saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. One important reason the burden gets lighter is because he helps us to see it differently. When we take upon his yoke and we learn of him, he shares the redemptive perspective. We find rest unto our souls because we no longer have to tell the story of being a victim. We're at rest because we have been freed from our own limiting beliefs and limited perspective. He helps us see truth and possibility in every circumstance of our life, even those moments that have brought us our greatest pain and suffering. Do you want this for your negative story turns? Do you want your burden to be light? Friends, I invite you to redeem the negative. Bring forth good fruit from the difficult things that have happened in your life. They have a purpose, just like you have purpose. By small and simple things are great things brought to pass. Something as small as changing how you see something in your past can change everything for you. Imagine your life redeeming the negative and look forward with faith. If you listen to these episodes and you love what you hear and you wonder where to start, I invite you to take my Christian Meditation 40-Day Challenge course. Meditation is my most important practice of the day, and I use it for so many things, including redeeming the negative. I use it for communicating with God, creating my goals, working through problems, getting ideas, connecting with peace and love, 
being grounded, having clarity, living my purpose, and so much more. You hear me preach over and over about the importance of the small and simple things in our life. And this one, this one practice is huge. It's small and simple, but it's huge at the same time because it yields results that are massive. But the key is consistency. That's why I love that this is a 40-day challenge. The challenge is to do it for 40 consecutive days. Starting a new habit and even more so being consistent can be tricky. This is why I offer every student a free buddy pass, allowing you to handpick your own friend or family member to take this course with you. You both get your own accountability partner and you both do the challenge together. Two people start a new empowering practice instead of just one. If this is calling out to you, I invite you to register at the link in the show notes, or you can find it on my website at brooksnow.com. You can do this. I am cheering you on.